are listening to the Might See TV podcast. I'm your host, Brian Finley, and each episode, a different guest will join me to discuss their favorite TV show. This is the podcast where we talk about your favorite TV programs over the last 40 or so years. So have a listen as our guest selects their favorite TV series and we discuss one of their favorite episodes from that series. This week, we talk to Lindsay Deckard and her favorite TV series of all time, Beverly Hills 90210. Well, here we are uh, at the next Might See TV podcast, and this is Brian Finley, and today, of course, we have... Lindsay Deckard. Yes, uh, Lindsay Deckard is a renowned expert on the show of Beverly Hills 90210. Renowned. Uh, which is the program we'll be talking about today, so we're pretty excited. Uh, Lindsay, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing here. Um, but anyway, uh, you chose uh, 90210 as yeah. one of your favorite shows of all time. Uh, what, I- what episode did you pick for today? Well, Brian, I you know I feel like Nine Hundred Two and shares a special bond between us. I know we're we're both interested in the show, but what I chose was um, in season four, the season finale, which I believe is episode thirty one, which is phenomenal to me because that means there are thirty one episodes in a yeah. single season of TV. Yeah, that is that's one thing that's always crazy about uh, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two and for sure is that they did so many episodes per season. Yeah. And what's even crazier, you said episode 31. Technically, they had 32 episodes a season, and since this is a two-parter, it counts as two episodes. They really did, like, 32 in this season. You know what? And now I didn't even realize it was a two-parter because it showed up as one episode. But mm-hmm. now that you mentioned it, I was like, I've been watching this for a really long time. Yes. So uh, that that makes sense. Yeah, I think you picked the longest episode <laughs> in the in the whole series. Of course, of course. Which, which is always great. Yeah. Uh, so what I like to typically ask people is uh, to... Tell me about your experience with the show. Like, how did you how did you find out about it originally? How did you even start watching it? So, really weirdly, I, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch this show as a kid. I mean, it was too salacious for small town Iowa. So, I uh, wasn't allowed to watch it, but was very in touch with who the characters were. I was allowed to read the books because my parents didn't check what I checked out from the library. So they had books that really just told the same stories from the show Mm -hmm. in a written down format. I had the books too. Amazing. So, so like I had the books, I had a like puzzle poster of Dylan and Brandon. So the characters were allowed to be a part of my life, but I was not allowed to watch the show. Yes. So, I mean, distinctly, this episode might be one of the first ones I actually ever watched. And I remember watching it on the down low um, at my parents' house where I lived. Um, And uh, we had a den, and I watched it in the den with, like, my finger on the power button of the remote in case my parents came into the den and saw that I was watching this scandalous show. Um, So, and, And it was, like, one of my first experiences with episodic TV where I was, like... But what will happen? I mean, it was such a cliffhanger for me to watch yeah. this episode. So, yeah, uh, I want to say this episode was probably was it probably ninety four, ninety five, or no, ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, I feel like I was in seventh grade. They graduated grade. Yeah. in class of ninety three from high school. Okay, and so 
that means this was the 93-94 season. So this was at the end of 1994. Yeah. So this is when we are in seventh grade. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. So you had to sneak it. So I was 12 years old, like, and I was watching the show, and I didn't understand any of it for the most part. So you didn't know all of the previous plot lines, all of the high school. Yeah. You you knew what was happened in the books. I knew what happened in the books, and I probably had snuck an episode or two at a friend's house, you know. But I did, this one was so stands out so much in my mind for that reason because I was watching it at my house, yeah. where I was not allowed to watch the show. So. Uh, you had it at your house, or you couldn't watch it at your house. Who was strict? Both parents? I mean, yeah. Well, they would just kind of decide, this isn't TV we're going to watch. And they may have done this on other occasions, but it was also hilarious because they were like, we aren't watching The Simpsons. That show is not, like, we're not doing that. And then my dad was like, this show's kind of funny. And so it suddenly became like a family show that we watched yeah. together. Um, I, there, there was a lot of shows like that. Roseanne was on that list. And now it's hilarious because my family's like favorite show is a collective unit is Seinfeld, which would not have been appropriate viewing at that time either. So, yeah. yeah. It's uh, like an article would come out, I think, back yes, in the day. Yes. And the parents would just see the headlines like 90210 is risky for teenage behavior. That's right. And oh, we don't want our kids indulging. I I don't remember that this happened at my house, but a friend of mine at school that I remember very distinctly when Friends first aired, it was like there's some article that came out that said one out of every three plot plot lines on Friends was about sex. And I went to a small Catholic school and everyone was like, well, our kids aren't watching that. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. My parents weren't overly strict with it. There were just some things with television, I mean, that we just didn't watch. And this was one of those things. Mine were the same. They would get annoyed. I was allowed to watch it, but I also had a brother and sister that watched it when they were in high school. So we just went in the basement watched it there. My parents didn't know exactly what I was watching. Exactly. And that, that was, it was kind of like you snuck it and they weren't, like I said, they, I was checking the books out from the library. Like they bought me the poster, yes. right? Uh, but I just wasn't supposed to watch such adult themes. They bought you the poster though. Oh yeah. It was a, a birthday present. A cast poster. It, it was a pick a puzzle poster. So you assemble the puzzle and then you shellacked the puzzle pieces together and it was Brandon's face and Dylan's face. Oh. And then you hung it on your wall. Did you try to take a picture with them in the background so it looked like you were hanging out with them? I don't know. If we had selfie technology then, you I think I would have done, done for this. sure that. Uh, but I think even the fact that like my indulgence as like from a teen crush perspective involved doing a puzzle tells you how like not ready for adult themes I was. Yes. <laughs> like I was like, I'm going to do this puzzle, these two cute boys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Well, yeah. That's, that's terrific. Um, the show was all the rage in the 90s. It was. And you uh, you chose this episode that takes place at the end of their freshman year of college. Right. Uh, does this relate a lot to you, your end of freshman year of college now? Oh, I mean, sadly, no. <laughs> I, you know, uh, we met each other in college, right? And I, I don't think until sophomore year we really became friends. So um, just in case you were curious, no, at the end of freshman year, um, my boyfriend did not lose his virginity in the back of a limo. Not that I know of. Uh, uh, there was no big carnival. Yeah. Uh, n- none of those things happened at, at our school. So um, sadly disappointed as far as that goes. Um, and that beach house, man, we had no housing like that, <laughs> anything like that uh, when, when we were growing up. No, most, most people are in the dorms their freshman year at yeah. any college. Yeah. But not these. No, not these They're kids. either at their parents' house, which that does happen. Sure, People sure. Are, are just commuting to school, but 
otherwise, just just Andrea really is in the dorms, I think. Right. And, of course, she ends up with her RA because that was what happens when you live in the dorms. Um, I always thought, too, it was interesting. Like, in my house, it wouldn't have flown. If I, if I were a freshman in college and I was living at my parents' house, just not coming home at night would not have been okay. And I feel no. like Brandon could do whatever he wanted and yeah. be wherever he wanted. Brenda couldn't. No. They need to know where Brandon was at all times. But Brandon, like, haven't seen him in a week. Uh, no, he just does whatever he pleases. And sleeping with a professor, somebody. Like, who knows what he's doing, but he's not home. I know. They live, they live crazy lives. Yeah. Um, this episode is called Mr. Walsh Goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not called Miss Walsh Goes to London. No, it's not. No, but, it's not. But that might have been a future episode. Right. But, of course, you know, they place the emphasis on Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as always. And when we open the episode, I mean, we can just go into the episode. It's great. Yeah, let's one. do it. Um, they open the episode with the carnival, and I don't think I've ever noticed before now, before I watched it this morning, that it's a Mardi Gras carnival. Oh my god, I made a note. I and mean, the same note. Why yes. are they having a Mardi Gras carnival in probably May? At least May. Yeah. At least May. So yeah, we're certainly not in Mardi Gras season. We are currently we're in Currently Mardi Gras we're in Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras season. Mardi Gras this it's, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, Fat Tuesday's coming up, but... You are not in Mardi Gras season in Southern California in May. That no. is for sure. So, yeah, I noticed that about the opening and the other opening that just because I thought it was so indicative of Donna's role on the show um, was that David was testing his mic to be like the carnival DJ, which I guess is a thing. <laughs> and and he's going, you know, testing one, two, three. And Donna's like, why do why do they say that? Why do they say testing one, two, three? Why not testing three, two, one? And I was like, yeah, that is the kind of discourse I came to expect from Donna over the years. I mean, that's just some great writing. Insightful. I, it grabs you right in. I was like, what will happen in this episode? Will they resolve this crisis? Yes. Uh, there's no telling. A real strong open. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, but it's fun. You know, it gives you the whole, uh, just the whole scene going down. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. you know what? There's a whole other show happening on the show. Oh, and there is. I thought, I thought I had accidentally switched it to an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Because yeah. they... Oh, it hurts they, to bring it up. They cut to Andrea Zuckerman and... They cut to, like, I mean, it's, like, a minute where they're focusing on all of, like, the different medical things going on in the room. Yeah, they don't just cut to Andrea Zuckerman. They're cutting into Andrea Zuckerman. It's like, we're doing the procedure right here. We were there for the cesarean. I mean, it it all happened. No, and it is, uh, it it seems like a different show. Yeah. Like. (laughs) And not a great one. Not one I want to (laughs) watch. That That is, I think, is what became a problem with that plot line. It just, you feel like, oh, okay, I'm watching, like, college kids have fun. Oh, I'm now watching 30-something. So, and I don't want to jump ahead, because there were two moments that I had that exact same experience, and one of them was certainly this, and I, I made a note to myself this morning when I was watching it, and I said... Oh, God, I forgot this plot was here. This is so weird that my favorite episode of this show also has my least favorite plot of the entire show in it. And it is a terrible plot. 
And you know why they have the plot. I'm sure you know why they have that plot. Like, Tell us. Because because Gabrielle Cartier, how Carteris. are you saying? Carteris, thank yeah. you. Um, she got pregnant in real life. She would oh, not. Hold on, I have to revoke calling you a 90210 expert. I can just never <laughs> say her last name. <laughs> I don't I, I, It sounds fancier. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was Andrea in the first couple of episodes. So I'm just saying, pronunciation was a problem mm-hmm. other places. That's um, but she was pregnant in real life, and they had asked her, like, not to have a baby and to hold off. Because I don't know if you guys know this. She was, like, 35 at the time. Um, and she had the baby, so they wrote the pregnancy in. And then it became this whole thing where she was having her baby early. And when it worked, now we've got a preemie situation. And, I mean, I'm super respectful of those situations in real life. It yeah. just didn't belong in the boyfriend love triangle high school drama that I was watching. It just wasn't for me. Right. It was, And, I mean, I kind of can go all over the place on this because, uh, and I'm, I'm totally jumping ahead, but I noticed throughout the entire episode she's being wheeled around, and I didn't think about it much, Previously, but it's because she's still pregnant at this point. In real life, she hasn't had the child, so she couldn't. I guess they didn't want to be like, oh, like stand up and get a uh, shot of like her full body being pregnant. Yeah, they're definitely hiding it, like how they always do on TV with like a shopping bag or whatever. This they yes. hid it with like a wheelchair or blanket. Yeah, because she shouldn't. I don't know that you're on like not able to walk for like five days after a C-section. I, I don't, don't know. think that's true. I, I've not had one either. Her um, surgery could be very serious. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to discount that. Yeah. So if you're a mom out there, please don't write in. You're really, uh, you're really raising the expectations of this show that we might have a listener. Oh, we're gonna have a listener base. They're gonna be tweeting at us. Yeah. It's gonna be really upsetting when they. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I. I don't want to upset anybody who's been through this experience. I'm just telling you that it is not an experience I was associating with 90210, and I truly had like blacked it out of my memory until I saw this morning. I was like, oh, damn it. Here we are again. That's right. Uh, We go into the waiting room and Dylan's there filling up some coffee because that's what like the brooding male 90s TV hunk has to do. He drinks black coffee and he's He's dressed dead. for a business meeting. <laughs> He's dressed for a business meeting, too. Probably what, for good reason. What tells you revel without a cause That's more right. than a tweed blazer yeah. and a tie? Kelly walks in, and they have. I think this is probably their only scene together in this episode. I think you might be right. Yeah. So it's not a big, not a big Dylan Kelly episode, as we know. Is this when they ask, you know, are we still friends? And it was like, yeah, yeah. but also clearly we're moving on. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'll always talk to you. Yes. Yes. He's not going to stop talking to Kelly. Right. I mean, because by season 10, he will be stalking her, like, in a really <laughs> weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I forgot season 10. Uh, well, and, and that'll be after, you know, he's left the show and then gotten a little desperate for cash and returned. So it's That's true. Yeah. Dylan's got a lot in front of him. This, this you know, swaggery young man who's pouring himself a cup of fresh hot coffee. I don't think he knows what his future entails. But on the, upon this rewatch, I do know what his future entails. And it's not great, Dylan. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> Uh, any, any, uh, the waiting room is just then, I mean, they're all there. That was very interesting to me. So but not Andrea's family. No family. But I mean, the friends are the family you choose, Brian. And that's what the show teaches us. <laughs> but, uh, 
We, I have been wondering for years why, like, the only time we ever see Andrea's parents is when she and Jesse get married. Right. And it's just like, oh, they're there in the courtroom. And that was That's only, like, it. a couple months ago. So, like, but now they're, they were interested enough to go to a Justice of the Peace wedding, but they're not coming after their daughter's head surgery. No. While she's having a baby. And I guess the Fox or whoever it was did not want to put money into giving Andrea parents. Well, I think they've been burned before on this parent thing as well, right? So, you know... Um, everybody that has parents on the show with the exception of Brenda and Brandon I feel had a parent or set of parents who were one set of actors and then you know maybe a month or two later they'd introduce them again with completely different actors still playing the same parents so like there was a different Mrs. Martin there was a different Mrs. Taylor there was definitely a different Mr. Mr. McKay yeah. like so none of all these parents were real replaceable uh, until they became plot devices actually did you know that uh, Jim Walsh in the pilot episode was actually cast as someone else, but all of the scenes with Jim Walsh in episode one are like they're not coherent with the rest of the plot. So, like, there's a scene where Jim Walsh is sitting at the breakfast table when it's opening and he says something to like someone off camera, but you don't see him with another cast member in that scene. But he is at the actual eventual house that the show takes place in, which is not the house in the pilot. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I, so, I, I feel like I need to rewatch yeah. that. So and, the original Mr. Walsh, someone completely different. Interesting. But interesting. we never saw him. So I guess I should say for everyone's parents, really, that we meet, maybe with the exception of Andre, because we see him one time. <laughs> so they were the same all the way yeah. through. Uh, yeah, I guess, David, did we ever see his mom? Uh, I know we eventually see her, but I don't. No, she was she was maybe not a different, and his dad might have been the same dad yeah. all the way through. Mel was always a real source of stability. Yeah. That Mel. So congratulations, David. Yes, uh, yeah. On a family, he'll get you drunk on prom night, yeah. um, <laughs> but you're good. Uh, yeah. So great that everyone could make it. I mean, they couldn't even get Andrea's grandma to nope. come back. No. Nope. So. And then it was a real anticlimactic waiting room scene, right? Yeah, because like, okay. Oh, we can't see her. Cool. We'll leave. And then they yeah. do. And they're in L.A. I feel they're at the, the hospital is Cedars-Sinai Hospital. I don't know if that's real or where it's located, but I feel to get anywhere in L.A., I hear constantly what a pain it is. Right. You don't want to just drive all over. Maybe it's right next to the college campus. Maybe. I, I'm going to say I don't know that. Uh, and I mean, I have had a lot of friends with kids. I do not go to the hospital for kids that are being born, and I certainly don't go to hear an announcement that I can't see the kid. So I like I would be really annoyed if I had driven 45 minutes from campus to this or from somewhere in LA, right. and I get there and they're like, "Oh, have a cup of coffee," but there's nothing to see or do here. That's right. I guess if we had been, we went to college together, and if we had been in Kirksville. And our friend was having a child at 18. Yeah. And okay, that's fair. Parents were that's around. really fair. Yeah. But this is different. Mm-hmm. She's in L.A. Her family is in L.A. Everyone's not going there. No. I don't think. And, and let's be real clear here. If Kelly had had a kid, sure, maybe everyone shows up. Andrea? <laughs> Like who's friends with Andrea? And I know they were in that they were in that fake girl sorority thing that they tried to do, but I just I'm not buying it. Um, Yeah, I think Brandon. Well, Brandon was too busy like going to Washington, but you know what? He made time. 
their relationship to me in this episode is clear, like how much it's transition, and suddenly like the age difference in the actors makes it seem much more like she's his mom than like someone who once offered him her virginity as a going away present. Yes. Like I'm like, oh, this feels a lot more like maternal than it does. Yeah. <laughs> like, we once were into each other. We almost hooked up on the night of our senior prom. This is one year later. Yeah. One year later, and it feels like it's his mom. Well, this is like three years later. Then senior prom? Oh, I senior prom because they almost took up on senior prom yeah. again too, right? Yeah, they so kind like, of so to so yeah. senior year they were still kind of dancing on that will they won't they territory. Not that anyone was really up for that storyline. I, was. I thought it, I would have thought it'd be so cool. You know, had I been watching it, then I probably would have been rooting for it too because I would have been the Andrea Zuckerman. So yeah. I I can see why I would have gotten on board there. But a year, just one short year later, we fully transitioned into her being his mom yeah. way more than his love interest. <laughs> I don't know if you have mentioned this before, if it was you or I that thought of this or someone else, but we one time, I believe, brought up that the reason we don't meet Andrea's parents is because they didn't know who to cast, like what age, and are they casting someone the same age as Gabrielle? Yes, yes. And like, no offense to her, like props to her for being able to... Being like, if I'm 33 and I get cast in a teen drama, great, I'd be like, Yes, dancing for I'm, joy. I'm doing it, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, they would have had to look significantly older than any of the other parents if they were going to be cast in like an age appropriate way for the actress. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree, yeah. I agree. And they don't do cool parents on this on Beverly Hills 90210. Like, if you watch the OC or Probably right. Riverdale now. It's right. like Luke Perry's the yep. dad. The parents are kind of cool, or like Gossip Girl. Like the parents are cool, and you you're like interested care about in their, their storyline. Yeah, absolutely. They have their own stories, and you want to hear them told. This you weren't like. I mean, Jim and Cindy were a stable relationship, so they right. weren't going to be floundering uh, about. But in fact, like one of the only episodes where I feel like there really was like a Cindy-driven plotline was when she was thinking about cheating on Jim. So clearly, right, like they, it was like that's the most interesting thing about them is one time she almost cheated. Mm-hmm. I will say Jackie Taylor brought some fun to the oh, parent yeah. dynamic. She, is, she uh, is a cool parent. She, yeah. You know, lessons hard learned about cool parenting, though, when you and your mom's real messed up on Coke at the school fashion show. So yeah. are cool parents really what you want? But, um, yeah, I thought she was the most interesting 90210 mom. Um, yeah. Felice Martin was the worst 90210 she's mom. kind of evil. Uh, yeah, she's not a good lady, but um, I, I would have to go Kelly Taylor's mom over any other. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I I would absolutely agree. And we're not even out of the waiting room. Yeah, I know. But, I, know. Um, I mean, and we'll just go through, we're just going through these big things at the beginning to get a handle Set the on town. all the plots. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. then they're at Jim's office. And did you notice the decoration at Jim's office? Oh, I didn't. I didn't tell you about it. It's just bad. Yeah. It's just, uh, and there and the hotel, like both places you really wouldn't want to be. And I'm wondering if back in the 90s, if I would have been like, oh, those are look really upscale and cool, but the artwork is so bland in yeah. these places. I had that same thought about the hotel, not to jump ahead there, but mm-hmm. like the same Ew. thought um, when 
um, there's like a shower scene when Brandon's outside the shower noticing that someone's in the shower in his room. Because <laughs> of course, of course there is. Because he's 19 and that's what happens when you're 19. Yeah. But I was like, did I think this hotel bathroom was like the picture of opulence at that point? Because now it looked janky as hell. Like I, it was a gross looking bathroom and I would not have wanted to shower there. I know. A lot of the places like... Back then, I was like, oh, this is so hip. And even even the apartment that the girls lived in, I was looking at the furniture. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That. Yes. It, maybe it's just so well, 90. I mean, it has been more than 20 years. Yeah. I yeah. don't think I accept that yet. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Because when you talk about something that's 20 years ago, I think about the 80s. So yeah. I, that, I'm not on board with right. this. But. If we had been watching a show when we were kids in 1994, we'd be watching something from like... 1973. Oh, don't 19, do that. Don't do that. Like, it would be pre-Mary Tyler Moore when we were yeah. kids. Like, wow. It'd be like one day at a time we'd be watching. Yeah. Like, oh, that that apartment's awful. Oh, no, that's but, that's upsetting. I don't like when we go down that path. I know. Um, That was, we, I mentioned earlier that there were two moments where I was like, wow, I'm here for this kind of drama in my college, you know, sex romp show that I thought I was watching. And I'm, you know, sneaking an episode at my parents' house and we're talking about Dylan's investment portfolio. I'm like, (laughs) oh, good, a diversified portfolio. And I mean, granted, it does become one of my favorite plots, like the plot arc that starts kind of here and how it matures becomes one of my favorite arcs of the entire series. But at the moment, I was like, yes, tell me more about your R&D costs. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is not why I'm sneaking the show. That is actually, I think that's what's crazy is this plot was going on a long time. Yeah. How often I feel in, as you get later into the show, like, I felt like they would introduce a character as you get into, like, season eight, and it's like, oh, well, that's a bad character. You would know they were evil that day. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's oh, wrong with them. Um, we know. And this one, I remember being shocked. Yes. When yes. suddenly they were taking him for all he was worth. I mean, Kevin seems suspect to me. And who does he look like? Everyone agrees. Who? Oh, I thought you had said this. Geraldo. No, oh. I. Every. Oh, okay. Yes, every, he does. Every, oh my God, yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he seemed like I don't think we should trust this guy. Um, and you know, Dylan just seems so susceptible to just anything at that point. He just wanted a dad, you know. Um, and yeah. Kevin was there was that chance, but the rest of it, the fact that you know, like how long the setup for this scam took, you know, it was months and months. She, um, what's his mom's name? I can't remember. Um, Susan. Susan. Not. It's not his mom. Uh, the, the sorry. Yes, the the um, yes. Erica's mother. Erica's mother. Um, she was from. Um, so this one like struck home for me because she was displaced from Iowa because of the flooding of the Mississippi, which I so remember. Um, I mean, just... that's what she claimed. That's what she claimed. Uh, So that would have been, yeah, like 1993, I think, was that the floods of that summer. Maybe it was 94. I don't don't remember exactly how that worked. She was displaced by those floods, and I grew up right along. I mean, I remember that flood distinctly, as I'm sure you do down in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was the flood of 93. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Blind Melon song, No Rain, came from that, and I'm not even joking. I oh. think that's a real thing. So. I never knew that. So much to fact check that. Your fact checker should fact check that. That, but. that makes sense because it was in seventh grade. Uh, we were allowed to bring in a CD to oh, our class fantastic. and play, our, play a song we wanted to. And I remember 
Greg Miller, sadly, why do I remember this? But and his birthday was December sixth, which why do I remember this person's birthday? I <laughs> um, now it sounds but I'm pretty sure it was December sixth and I'm pretty sure he brought in no rain and that we listened to that song. Amazing. I have yeah. uh, we were able to do that too at my school and my teacher asked me to bring in my brother's Pearl Jam C D and he played the song Jeremy for us, which was really bizarre. And we went to a Catholic school and there's a swear in that one and yeah, yeah it was um Probably why I still don't like Pearl Jam to this day, but, uh, yeah. Well, what's hard about when you're bringing in a song into school is, like, if I were bringing in, like, a real song, I probably would have brought in, like, the, the song from Beauty and the Beast or something. Oh, and one then, of my and, first two albums, yeah. yeah. Um, in absolutely. seventh grade, you'd be absolutely. considered a nerd. Yeah. So you have yeah. to be like, oh, I like Pearl Jam. I brought in Green Day Dookie, you know, like, yeah. things like that. Absolutely, yep. But that's what... Kids like us had to do to get by. <laughs> yeah. Nerds yeah. like us uh, had to do to get by. We it goes back to the carnival. We see we meet this aerial girl. Yeah. And you tell you can tell she's trouble. You know from the start, but I do love um, I noticed this right away this morning. She's like, this stage looks amazing. And guys, the stage <laughs> is just a stage. Like, it's just a piece of wood that people are going to stand on it and sing. But that whole, you know, you knew Ariel was trouble. You could tell. Like, just, I mean, she ate a hot dog with, with um, David. Oh, oh, very suggestive. Very suggestive. I had never thought about it before. Also, I feel they were alluding to something else when she goes, do you want something to eat? Oh, oh my. I don't, I didn't tell you seventh grade Lindsay didn't think that, uh, but I never thought it until yeah, today. Yeah. Like, she, oh. she was trouble. And as we know, she becomes real trouble. Um, and you know, gives David a little gift that keeps on giving, uh, towards the end of their time together. She, she's not the only trouble too at this carnival. There's another <sighs> character that appears. Yeah. My favorite star of that one scene in the notebook John he's, Sears. He's in the notebook? That's my favorite. Is that he, so in the notebook. He's the bad guy? No. It's like he's not even in it, basically. Um, but it's um, the mom, um, uh, Rachel McAdams' mom, shows up at the house after her and Noah have reunited, you know, 10 years later or whatever it is, three years. And she's like, get in the car. I want to show you something. She drives to like this coal mining site. I don't know. Uh, and she's like, see him? Well, let me tell you, he used to be something. And she had like once loved a blue collar guy too, uh, but chosen Rachel McAdams' dad. And the guy that she didn't choose, the coal miner guy, is John Sears. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I always refer to him as my favorite notebook star. Wow. Yeah. He is, uh, he's in, he's also a One Tree Hill star. Oh, I mean, he was quite the One Tree, Dan on Paul, One Tree Hill. Is it Paul Johansson? Yeah, is that his name? that's correct. Okay. And his name was Dan on One Tree Hill. And I mean, obviously his best scene there is when he was awaiting a heart transplant. The heart fell out of the cooler onto a floor. Yes. The dog picked it up. It's and that's scene. a real thing that happened on TV. Yeah. So Someone uh, YouTube dog eats heart. Yes. Uh, do it. Yes. It is one of the best scenes yeah. you'll ever see. Yeah. So that's, I mean, he just is really a prolific character. <laughs> well, uh, I think, like, I always think now of the cast, and I'm like, I think some of them were actual friends. And I think, like, John Sears came back a fair amount mm-hmm, that I feel like, mm-hmm. oh, they liked him also. And I don't know why I look into this and just think, like, oh, were they, like, actually friends in real life, which who cares? But I feel like they had to be, at least Steve and Muntz had to be friends in real life because Muntz was coming back. I was just going to ask you about Muntz. You have that same theory, and I, I would agree with you there. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, 
you know, I just always thought it would be cool to be like that side character who has a part in the show. And you just get to visit. Well, I think we can agree that being Nat on TV, we've discussed this, yes. that is the best gig on television, Ever. right? I mean, That's it's I such a great... I, if, if that could be my job, that would be the dream. I guess mine would be more like a Mrs. Teasley than a Nat. But, but yes. he was, but she, he, and you needed more permanence. Nat, you know, wasn't relegated to high school. He, like, he existed beyond those things. And I think he was there through, like, nine of the ten seasons, maybe all ten. He's all ten. He's all ten. Yeah. And I think they had to, like, Mrs. Teasley, too. Yeah. Because she yes. comes back <laughs> for the yes. bachelorette party. The bachelorette party. Of that Donna was Martin. phenomenal. It, it, Phenomenal. It was the most random uh, person to see at the bachelorette party. Yeah, I can promise you. I mean, my high school principal was a, a man, but M- Mr. Utter would not have come to my bachelor mm-hmm. party, a bachelorette party. No. No. Um, and yeah. It's, they didn't really spend a lot of time together outside of school, so it's not, you know, like I always, I always felt like, oh, the Mrs. Teasley, she's always around. It was right. just it's too suddenly bad. there. Yeah. It's too bad for this big episode they didn't bring her back. Yes. Like, yes. Just hanging out at the carnival. At the carnival, yeah. Could have made sense. It could have. It would have likely made more sense than her showing up at a bachelorette party. That's right, because Celeste shows up. Again, Celeste. you didn't expect, you didn't really expect to see her again. No. Do you know what I found out? Do you know who Celeste Yeah, Cary Grant. Um, Which, I mean, like, that's Hollywood royalty there. And I will say that Celeste is a very beautiful young woman. So um, I I really enjoyed her um, throughout this episode. Um, I I thought she, you know, didn't realize she was dating a horrible person. Until someone told her in, like, one minute, he's bad news. <laughs> and essentially, she's like, yeah. And it's so clear that John Sears is a villain from the first moment you see him in this episode. Yeah. He's a villain. It's a very quick switch for her, a, though. A very quick switch. And we're just jumping the gun, but yeah. we need to. Yeah. Because Brenda and Donna see... Celeste. And Let's set this like, up. I mean, because the, the joust has started. Yeah. How long do we think started. a joust can last? Usually they last about 45 seconds. 45 for seconds. A long if, like, that would be American Gladiator level jousting at yes. that point, right? She leaves the joust but right before it starts, but we know the joust has begun. She talks to Donna and Brenda. And this is still before they have said, actually, he's a bad dude, and explained. And they also tell him, like, let let me tell you why he's a bad dude. So, ostensibly, ostensibly, I always say that word wrong. Um, they are they're having this conversation with her, and the joust is still going on. And they come back, and they're like, oh, yeah, for a few minutes, it's been going on. Yeah. But she's changed her mind completely about someone that she has slept with. Hold on, though. Also, here's what's also, it's like, oh, she's suddenly thinking, like, oh, I'll go back to Steve. Has she completely forgotten that Steve <laughs> slept with this girl, Lara, like, while he was still with Celeste? Yes. And then was almost going to be accused of date rape. Yes. During the Take Back the Night rally. Yes. So um, she suddenly is like, oh, Brenda and Donna have confirmed this. I'm going to go with Steve. I'm going to say something controversial here. Yeah. Steve's a bad man. He's a bad man, and all these people, like, stick up for him all over the place. So, I, I mean, the following season, they're all like, yeah, Valerie should definitely be with Steve. I'm like, what about his behavior towards any woman in the history of this show would tell you, yes, I'd like him to date someone I care about? He 
he's never been good to a, uh, like, ever. Not to a girlfriend. And I do think he eventually grows out of it to some extent. Yeah, yeah he becomes a very, he becomes sort of the stable character he, as everyone leaves He does. Yes. But high school Steve, terrible towards women. Terrible. And I'm not trying to, like, put a big feminist lens on this or anything yeah. like that. But I'm also just, like, they're always like, yeah, don't date John Sears. Date this other guy who was also accused of date rape. Like, I, it's yeah. it's so bizarre to be like, this is the better guy accused of date rape. Yes. And you should choose him. Yeah. And how do they get John Sears to lose? This is a big Oh, well, this was This is my, I mean, I think it probably sticks out in my head more than any other moment on the show. Mostly just because I wanted some really beautiful bras. Um, but um, Steven and John are battling with their joust sticks. And um, they, Celeste is like, are you girls shy? And Donna's like, what do you mean by shy? And by the way, Celeste, the answer is yes, Donna is very shy. Because um, she's still holding on to that V card. Uh, but um, what she what she decides they'll do is flash Steve, or flash John Sears with their bras. And I was, like, they wear, like, I think it's a black bra, a purple bra, and a red bra. And I was like, those bras are beautiful. And I just was, like, so, like, mesmerized. I thought it was so sexy and cool. Um, But that makes John Sears so distracted that Steve's able to knock him into the mud pit, which is good because the thing that they had bet on was a woman and whether or not John would be allowed to talk to her anymore because that's okay. That's she had, uh, she had no say. She had no say. She had no agency here. Um, yeah, Steve will decide who speaks to her. Um, yeah, and then and then obviously if Steve had lost, then he would no longer be in the keg house, which John Sears was no longer in. So I have no idea how he would have controlled that. But yes. that that was the bet. That's another great point. I don't know how he would have controlled that. No. Yeah. Uh, also, even when we first see Celeste in this episode, she sees Steve. And she says, oh, like, I met this great guy. And she says, he's really tall. Yes. That's one of the things. And then he stands next to Steve, and he's the same height. So I would expect someone to be really tall. Yeah. Like, really tall. Because she's telling Steve this. It just stood out. I think the other two descriptors were, like, he's good-looking and he's hot. So those were, like, the three things she had to say about John Sears. And I was like, one of them should also be he's evil, and it's very clear, because he basically twirls his mustache on screen. Like, it's he's he's so ridiculously over-the-top not a good guy. Yeah. But she needs to be told that by Brenda and Donna here to save the day. Yeah. Um, I also saw that... Deshaun Hardell is in the episode too. Yeah. Another guy, like, they like to have a lot of Deshaun. As I well. personally would like to have a lot of Deshaun. I found him to be one of my favorite characters in 90210 of all time, yeah. partially because he went on to be on Friday Night Lights, um, amongst other things, but a um, big fan of Deshaun. Um, less of a fan when he becomes a bit of a plot device for Donna in the following season about, yeah. you know, to teach us all a lesson about racism, um, which 90210 loved to do. Um, they love to teach white people what white people should know about racism from the perspective of white people, which was great. It was like, <laughs> Brandon's got a, Brandon's got a lesson for us on racism, you guys. And it's like, yeah, Brandon should teach that lesson, sure. He absolutely should. Um, but but um, Deshaun Hardell in this one's great, and he, he shows up strong in the first couple of se- uh, episodes of the following season. Yeah. So that, it was good to see him. Um, we're like, Talking about all these different people, um, we get to oh, Susan and Kevin got married in this episode, right? Congratulations, right? Congrats, Susan Kevin. And, and um, Sydney Walsh says, "Like, I can't believe he'd think about getting married at a time when this deal is going on." 
Yeah, yeah. The Walsh family has an interesting perspective, don't they? Yes. Like, only things important to the Walsh family are important to the Walsh family, and they can't really, they have really no sense of empathy towards anybody else. No. Um, and that, that will really come out to bear, you know, as Dylan's going through terrible crises and Jim's, like, holding on to the time he slept, like, Dylan slept with his daughter in high school. It's like he can't move past Dylan. Right. Um, and the Walshes, I mean, Dylan's obviously a lost cause for them, but, like, one that they love dearly. So, um, you know, it always comes back to him. But they, when when something goes wrong for the Walsh family, anyone in the Walsh family, everybody else's problems get shut down. Um, true for them. Also true for, um, there's a part in the episode where Steve takes Jesse out for a, like, lunch or something. <laughs> like in the hospital cafeteria, yeah. they go sit outside. Yeah. And and this is so indicative of really this entire show. Um, like, Jesse's like, yeah, you know, it's really hard. It's my daughter, and that's such a special thing. And she looks like me and, you know, goes on and on about it. And Steve goes, well, I wouldn't know because I'm adopted. <laughs> and you're like, leave it to Steve. <laughs> Bringing it back to his adoption. And, like, that you can always count on Steve to be like, but let me make this about me real quick. Um, and he's, he's good at it. He's a master. He's a master. I don't have anyone that looks like me. But Steve, you actually do actually kind of look you like totally Samantha look like your and Rush. Yeah. And you yeah. find out later that Rush is your dad, actually. So. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Oh, of, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. But, of course, it was like, know. I mean these people's child I'm not interested in this plot line but it's happening so these people's child is like on an incubator we're not sure if she's gonna live and die and Steve's like but I should remind you I'm adopted um, and we're like oh well, that's where the sympathies will be channeled <laughs> certainly <laughs> they wanted to just make sure there was a continuity going on uh-huh, uh-huh. they know the right feel bad for Steve wanted to make sure we didn't forget that they had done that yes yes um, Kelly offers these are just things I liked. Mm-hmm, Let's just mm-hmm. call out the things we liked. Yes. I liked when Kelly goes and sees Andrea. So she tells her, like, oh, hey, Brandon, like, I'm going to go see Brandon. What do you think? I mean, this is where Kelly and Brandon finally get together. But I love that she offered uh, to Andrea, she's like, can I wash your hair? Or God, a foot yes. massage. First of all, Kelly Taylor's not giving anyone a foot massage nope. because nope. it doesn't go along with her character. I don't think. And then additionally, yeah, I wish she would wash Andrea's hair in this episode because it needed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel, I watch this and I feel bad because I think that if Kelly had been the one who had the baby in the episode, they would still make sure at all times she looked perfect. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Andrea yes. had the baby and they were like, we don't need to do makeup for this episode. Yes. Like, they just oh, didn't have any to go Brandon wakes up at one point from sleep, from taking a nap, or in the morning when Kelly goes to see him, his hair looks better than Andrea's. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, she really struggled with her whole look. Um, and I don't know, maybe they were like, we'll skip hair and makeup. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know what the deal was there, but you're right. And the fact that Kelly offered to wash her hair, I was like, well, that seems like a nice way to tell someone they look like shit. Like, uh, I, uh, but of course, the the real choice is that she wants to take Kelly to see her baby, you know, um, and that's a really touching moment. And oh my God, I can't believe we're still in the hospital. Like, I'm just, I like watching, I'm like, I don't, still don't care. I do not care what's happening in this plot yeah. line. They did do a lot of, they did do a lot of cutting back to Andrea oh. in this episode that I don't feel they had to do so much. Unfortunately, the her and Jesse relationship it just 
isn't. And I liked Andrea, like, up until around freshman year of yeah. college. Mm-hmm. She was great in high school. Yeah. Loved her in high school. Yeah, but, like, they just didn't do the right things for that character. No. I know, like, I don't understand why they couldn't hide her pregnancy and not have the character get pregnant. Well, especially because, like, I think we've discussed this, too. Like, you looked at what Andrea's trajectory was, and she's probably not a person that I would have thought would have had a kid in college, even if she'd become pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, even more than that, it was, like, she'd had sex, like, one and a half times and is now pregnant, and her whole life plan is driven. But, you know, I say all of that, and this is also a woman who was going to go to Yale and then just decided not to one day. Just, no, I'm good on Yale. It's Um, really after... After high school that they just were like, oh, let's just compromise the whole character. And it would have been almost better, I mean, perhaps not for Gabrielle, but for the character, had she left and gone to Yale. And come back and visit uh, a year uh, later. Yeah, she could have been, you know, a special honored guest star. Um, but but having that character play out the way it did freshman year was just bad news. I know. Oh, that's what, that's what I would go back and change yes, if I could. Yes, same, same. Um, well, and then also, once they wrote her into this corner to never show me what happened in the hospital because I hate that plot so much. <laughs> um, I like how Kelly appears when she does. Brandon wakes up, um, but she's with the room service guy. Like, yeah, oh, I brought room service, and she knows his name. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> the hell? So Kelly has never known one of her servants' names in her entire life. No, like, that, no, no, no. Thanks, Michael. Uh, they're on a first name basis. Yeah. Michael and Kelly hang out all the time. Even like once she comes in, her and Brandon are then seated, and they're starting to have a fairly personal conversation. And Michael's still there <laughs> setting up. When, Michael's in the know. When the room service guy, like, if I have room service in any way, come in. I'm like, okay, cool. Yes, yeah, out of there. All right, bye. Like, I don't even want them to come in. I know, they and do. they. Always have to, and then You're I'm like, also great, I've like, gotta like put on clothes. Or- when have you ever <laughs> agreed? When have you ever sat at the table? I never have. I'm like, oh, I'll take those tray right into my bed. Like, yes. they, oh, they sit around the table um, and have their fancy ass room service. But yeah, I um, what I thought was interesting was and you'll really like this little study that I did was that when Claire found her way into Brandon's room earlier in the episode. He was like, how did you get in here? And she was like, well, I have my ways. And then when Kelly finds her way in, he's like, how did you find me? Well, I have my ways. It was like, yeah. I was like, ooh, interesting juxtaposition of like, for Claire, it's clearly crazy behavior. But for Kelly, it's great. Uh, Like, she's the best. Yeah. Um, I also loved how, you know, a little bit later, he was like, He's like, have you seen Andrea? And she's like, yeah, she sends her blessing, which is again where I was like, oh God, he, she's become his mother. Like, yeah. like she blesses us getting together here in DC. I know. Oh, um, wait. I want to check. And make sure it's been recorded. Oh, it's recording. Okay. I don't know. Do I press stop or do I press record again? I think I just pressed... Than just guy and girl right here, right? So um, they were also both wearing hideous floral robes in that dream sequence. I was like, this is as sexy as you can come up with, Uh, really? I guess that's the way it was back in the day. Yes, it was. Um, Then they make... Brandon and Kelly are, like, out sightseeing. Sure. And... Mm -hmm. Like you do. (laughs) They make a reference to 
uh, Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yes. yes. Hey, 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 hint, hint. So that's where this title's coming from yes. for the episode. Oh, oh, tell me more. <laughs> and then, you know, he's just shocked that right. uh, Kelly would know that film because it's so distinguished. And, well, Dylan made her watch it. Dylan's into videotape. He is into videotape. I mean, the reason Dylan came into any of our lives, really, is because of how into videotape he yes. is. Um, and, you know, we know him first from Animal Crackers, yeah. right? I mean, from taking Brenda to see Animal Crackers at the old Revival Theater. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing an, a 15-year-old alcoholic does, yeah. recovered alcoholic does, yeah. is just hangs out. Because that is what their stats would be at that time, that he found out at the age of 15 that he was an addict. Um was living as an emancipated minor, more or less, at that point, and was into videotape. Yeah. Uh, they bring up the Frank Capra films, and they're like, what would Frank Capra yeah. do in this moment? And they do, do the pullback, and they're like, oh, like the guy would lean in and kiss the girl. And she's like, no, the girl would lean in and kiss the guy. But no one kisses. She takes a picture of him. Like, it was so weird. It could have been a really good moment, it I thought. It really could have been a really good moment. It was beautifully shot. Like, it was, like, well, I mean, when I say beautifully, beautifully shot, <laughs> I know nothing about how things get shot. But more than that, like, it was, like, a pretty scene, Not right? Not a typical like, shot and, that yeah, we're used to. Yes, and they were they were in D.C. I think they were on location. It sure looked like it. Or they found a place that looked D.C. DC-esque, you know? So, I think it's just DC-esque. Oh, probably. I always, you know, that was always really heartbreaking for me when I'd watch a show and, and someone would be like, realize. you'd be like, oh, the Gilmore Girls didn't, they just all happened on a sound lot. Like, that. that's heartbreaking to me. So I, I like to believe all these things are real. I know. Um, it could have been a good moment and it they don't missed it. go for it. Instead, we just find out they hook up because they're in bed together. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> say this I was I was always team Brandon Kelly like I always thought Brenda belonged with Dylan Brand, uh, Brandon if he belonged with anyone was with Kelly yeah. right um, I was never into any of his college girlfriends who were always just business women who happened to be in college yeah. um, Tracy or what's the other one's name well the one who meant the most to him was Tara the figure skater <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> I mean this guy like it was just Season one was like they even commented it on it back in season one. That like everyone says, anytime a new girl comes around, you fall head over heels for her, which is exactly what happened for like the first fifteen episodes of this show, and it kind of continued. Like he just um, these women all became kind of interchangeable, whatever they needed for the episode to move yeah. forward. At that point, Tracy and Susan Keats. Susan Keats, yes. <laughs> Why do I know Susan's full name but not Tracy's? I don't know. But I think she was always introducing herself as Susan Keats. To me. That's I like yes. Which one did he get into the skiing accident with? Don't know. One of the brown-haired ones. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the skiing accident. Oh yeah, they were up on a mountain and she broke her leg, and he was like, <laughs> "I'm not gonna let you die." But like, I remember all of the things about that plot, but no idea which girlfriend it was. Yeah. Uh, and and then there was the one who had a miscarriage. Maybe that Susan, Susan yeah. Keith or an abortion. I'm not sure which one it was. Oh, maybe, maybe it was abortion. Was yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like a Sophie's Choice. Like they, she had a name for it though, something choice. And then she was like, "I'm the character from my essay that I wrote." Then whose sister died? Because there was also one of them lost a sister, <sighs> yeah. so her parents. Were, I mean, we'll the, have to start watching season yeah. six and seven. Someone lived on a farm. Like these are the things I remember. Can't remember which character it was. So I was always Team Brandon and Kelly. But them hooking, yeah. like getting together here, didn't feel as climactic as I remembered it being. Like it, no, it 
And it was building up through the season because yeah, he had been right. taking her he to all those kissed. events. Yeah. Um, I was a Brandria fan, Brandon and Andrea. I, but not at this not point. At this point. Not at this point. But that's what I would have wanted, I think, ideally in the show. Oh, but Steve and Andrea could have been fun, too. Would you have wanted her to, like, take off her glasses and suddenly be pretty? Like, before yes. it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big good. fan of that but makeover. Yeah, Brandon and Dylan, 100%. Uh, that will always be the way that it Well, goes. speaking of which, can we talk about that for a little bit? Like, yeah. Brenda's big farewell. We haven't even gotten I, to that. And I mean, I would say this is the... This is a bonus episode. Uh, yeah. Well, this is... And this is the turning point of the show, right? I mean, the whole yeah. dynamic changes. Um, and it's because, you know... Um, and I believe when they wrote this episode, they did not know for sure that Shannon Doherty would not be back. That wasn't the plan, yeah, I don't think they knew for sure. And and they, um, I've read, I've heard tell um, through my 90210 sources, which is Brian for the record, uh-huh. um, that um, in an article that I read was that the last straw, um, and lots of cast members didn't like um, Shannon Doherty anymore, and um, uh, Tori Spelling didn't particularly like her, and that was kind of a death knell because yeah. her dad was the boss. But when she cut her hair... In the middle of shooting this episode, the producers were basically like, she's more trouble than she's worth. She's done. Is it this episode that she cuts the hair? Because I yeah. thought it was in one of the, like, being in the play episodes. But that may have happened, but there was definitely scenes in this episode where her hair is longer and then shorter. At oh, really? Point. Yeah. Oh, and this, yeah. this brings into just a reminder... Like and this is Brenda focused, but there's a point where they're at the carnival. The Walshes aren't mad at Dylan yet, right? Right. And Brenda sees Dylan, and she says something like, "Dylan, don't!" Like she acts like a little child. Like, she looked like a little child. Her yeah, hair was in braids. Big, yeah, she's jumping up and down when her and her parents see Dylan at the <laughs> carnival. And I was like, did they tell her to act like a child and just for like a moment? Because she's childlike at this carnival. I well, and then know. I mean, while we're here, while we're at the carnival with Brenda, we might as well talk about this. She has Dylan go on the Ferris, Ferris wheel. And she's, like, very scared, and Dylan is like, then why are we doing this? And she said, it's a metaphor for our relationship. And Dylan goes, what relationship? (laughs) I was just saying, like, three of the four years of the show at this point were about explicitly their relationship. And he's like, what relationship? (laughs) <laughs> I just yeah. loved it. It yeah. was great. What's I? This is where I start to not love. I didn't love season four once they're in college. And it's because Dylan is not the same bad boy he was. But a line like what relationship is what Dylan might have said yes. two seasons ago yes. or senior year or junior year. It can be tied down, Brent. But uh. he doesn't have any of those moments so much where he... Not those dramatic lines that he used. Well, he's off doing business deals like all 19-year-olds are. Like, that's the thing. Dylan's kind of a non-entity in this season. He's, like, living out his whole own plot device with Jim managing his money. Like, that's the plot. Um, That's true. But, yeah, so so Brenda, you know, is packing up to go to these theater lessons, acting lessons in, in England. Um, but at this point on the show, I think, you know, they're still thinking she would come back. And and so she goes to Dylan's, you know, um, a week before she's going to leave. And he's like, you don't leave for a week. But she's basically like, well, this next week could change my life. And, of course, 
you know, she confesses her love to Dylan once again and is like, yeah. basically, be be my thing to come back she to. She says, give me something to come back to. There we go. That right. is, it's it's a good little line. It is. It is. But her hair's short. You'll notice it's different. Yeah. Uh, she has, like, short Yeah. Like, weird side things. Yeah. yeah. It's a different yeah. look. Um, and it's, like, flippy on the shoulders. So... But, yeah, I mean, that's her farewell. You know, they don't have a going-away party for her. Um, And I was thinking about this. I I went and read up afterward whether or not she knew it was her last episode or not because she was very game in all of her goodbyes. Like, you didn't get any sense of, like, a bad vibe. Donna and her have a really sweet moment where Donna's like, you're my best friend. Like Tori in the background is like, I just told my dad yeah, to fire you. <laughs> yeah, I legit don't want you here anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, you know, she has all these, like, really sweet moments, but then at the same time, there's this undercurrent of maybe this isn't really goodbye. Certainly, yes. when we come back next season, we know it was no. definitely goodbye. And you couldn't get the news back then. Like, you <laughs> couldn't just Google it. And be like, is Shannon Doherty going to be back next season? Now you know. You yes. pretty much always know yep. on the show. Yeah. Uh, Mad Men and some shows are secretive where you didn't know. Well, like Grey's Anatomy, which is kind of, you know, yeah, a hospital know. version of this show. It's like, no, so, they'll be on Ellen a month before their final episode being like, I left. And I'm, they'll tell you all the backstage drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, actually, there's a really, uh, I'm going to call out another podcast to any 90210 fans. They probably already listen, but the Blaze podcast... Um, They actually review this episode. Um, It's The Blaze with Lizzie and Kat. And they actually talk to Charles Rosen, who's, like, one of the producers on the show. And he talks about uh, basically the whole deal with, like, Brenda at the end and how they really wanted to leave it up in the air. So you didn't know, like, is she going to be back? Like, you really have no idea. And you hoped that she would because you couldn't imagine the show without Brenda. Well, and I think, yeah, like the, the big declaration of love to Dylan at the end is so like very much about that. Like they were end game, yeah. right? If you if you looked at a show now, you would be like, but that's the couple. That's the Ross and Rachel, right? Yeah. Like they have to find their way back to each other. And, you know, once Luke Perry left the show, they, they made mention of those things happening off screen, of course. But yeah. um, it... it Ended up somehow becoming Dylan and Kelly were end game for this show, and I just that was never my end game. My end right. game was Brandon and Kelly, Dylan and Brenda. Yeah, you, um, you could Steve still, and no one. You could still be on board with Donna and David. You did want them together. And yeah, yeah. I suppose for the finale, spoiler alert: <laughs> Donna and David get married, and that's great. But you know, it wasn't Brenda and Dylan. No, no, I. And and didn't Kelly decide not to be with Matt right then as well or something? And was like, I'm going to be with Dylan now. And I was like, but I, I didn't want that. Dylan was crazy this yeah, last season. creepy when he comes back. Like, and then, and a, then Don in the pool. No, yeah. one else, sorry. No, I, there, there's a point in the last season, I know, where he's he tells her, like, you look just as beautiful as you did on your wedding day, like when she was going to marry Brandon. So apparently Dylan was off, like, <laughs> just looking at her. Flew to from L.A. Somewhere. from wherever he was and just stared at her, which, you know, weirdly enough, he does in season, the, the next, next season opener. <laughs> yeah. 
So she's standing on some yeah. weird lifeguard tower staring at her I, porch. I guess they were alluding to it four years before, yeah. even with yeah. completely different Just writers. building it, building towards that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- they were never my end game. So I thought this, like, and, and again, go back to where we were with, when we were watching this for the first time, it really was a cliffhanger. And there was another cliffhanger, too, for me that really, and that was the Erica leaves the note in the bathroom Ooh. stall. I mean, I it's was... a weird note. It was weird. And I, like, <laughs> what's amazing is the note eventually makes its way to Dylan, and yeah. that's crazy to me. Um, if you found that note, I think what you'd think is, because it says, if you find this, please send to Dylan. And you see on the other side, there's like one thing written, but you don't know what it says. And I would assume like, oh, this must have been attached to like... A real letter. Right. <laughs> and, like, it already got sent. Right. I'm good. Um, well, the good news is, is that someone does find it and sends it to Dylan, which launches one of my favorite episodes when him and Valerie team up to go get the money from them yeah. down in Brazil or wherever they are. But uh, at the time, when that note fell to the ground, my little seventh grade heart was like, but but what will become of her? Like, yeah. I was so worried about Erica. I was so, like... Well, why is she so worried? I, that's what I was watching. I'm like, kid, like... You're with your mom? Still? And her mom didn't become, like, an evil person towards her. It's not no. like they were abusing her or anything that we know no. of. So, yeah, it, they, they live in a nice house. They have a nanny for her. You know, it all seemed fine when she was down in Brazil. Yeah. But she, of course, loved Dylan. Uh, and, yeah, that, that to me, I just remember being like, how will I know how this turns out? Because, again, I wasn't allowed to watch the show, and I didn't know. Yeah. Like, you didn't DVR. There was no place to stream it. So you it was like... I didn't even understand season finales. It, probably not. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, and, when will I find yeah, out? Yeah, exactly. When will this come back? And then, like, when when it comes back, uh, will they answer this question? Like, I just... I didn't know how it would end. I, yeah. I really felt... I think it was one of the most, like, suspenseful moments that I ever had watching TV. Yeah. It, what will become of that? That was... I, I recall when I watched it, too. That was where I got, like, oh, what's going to happen? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Donna and David... Donna catches David this is with great. Ariel. I noticed for the first time... I remember she goes into the... She goes up to the limos. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, if it could have just so easily changed if Brenda had been like, I'll check the limos. Also, who's <laughs> like, oh, they're probably in the limos. But one is going to check the limos and the other's checking I the don't know. dressing room. And and let's let's be real clear here. It's like they're probably in the limos going somewhere. And it's like, nope, they're just in a parked limo. Like that if the, if no I was telling just, you to go check the limos, the limo would be gone. Like yes. they would have left yeah. in the limo. And Donna should know what she's getting into if it's like before she even opens, if I think if I were her, I would go, David, are you in there? And he doesn't want to come out. I go, okay, bye. Yeah. She, yes. I wouldn't open that door. She was so surprised when she came in that there, that uh, Ariel was in there. I was like, what did you think was happening? Yeah. She should have been mad before she opened that door. For sure. Because it took him about five. It took him long enough to get dressed again. Yeah. And what's he wearing? Oh, a vest with no shirt. Oh. Well, let's let's be clear, though. He's just sat in as second keyboardist for Babyface. And how much was he practicing for that? He knew all their songs. Just he knew all of their songs on piano. Not all the words. Like, he knew those. He also knew all the musical notes to play to an, an album of songs from Babyface. He's good. Um, He's good. And I love that they were like him, not a professional session museum that we could, session musician that we could easily call and hand the music to. Like, no, no. 
not got, not them. We've got David Silver. So. That's absolutely right. Uh, when Donna goes into the limo, oh god, yes, there's a condom wrapper. I noticed for the first time Donna leans down and picks it up. Like, <laughs> is it just seeing the condom wrapper enough? So two things on that. Oh, one, I did not know what that was the first time we watched. I watched oh, the show. I was okay. like. Mm-mm. She found, I don't know what that is. Could have been. Wasn't it still intact? No, it's it's been open. It was open? Yes. Okay, all right, good. Okay, well, that makes Maybe more sense. Maybe that's what she wanted to check. But I don't know, even still. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, she picks it up. Um, <laughs> very she's like, bizarre. I just want to make sure this has been it, Oh, it is. It is a condom wrapper. I all wasn't right. going to be mad, but now that I know this, yeah. we're done. Yeah. And... The fact that she needed to even see that to get mad, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, it was rough. Yeah. But that led to that beautiful little scene with her and Brenda, you know, where she talks about how it was kind of her own fault for not having sex with her boyfriend and, um, you know, would she find another virgin and all these kinds of things. So, you know, it really sets up, I mean, a couple of years of really interesting Donna relationships, right? I yeah. mean, are coming. Yeah, Ray right. Pruitt in particular. Uh, so, yeah, I, I felt like that was a really good way to break off Dylan and, or, sorry, David and Donna's relationship. Like, they needed, so, like, that was getting boring, right? Watching yeah. them be together. So this is a great breakup. Um, I, yeah. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, it needed to. Yeah. I would 100% agree. Um, any other plots or things that stand oh, out God. that you need to call out? Uh, one thing, I mean, this is in this episode was the last sort of scene between Brenda and Brandon, like in the bedroom, like having one of their just catch ups. And, you know, that's kind of the, one of the hearts of the show. Uh, wasn't going to be around anymore. So, you know. Yeah, and she had, I feel like, a nice moment with her mom, too. Yes. She talked about I got her the trunk. trunk out. Thank you, do. <laughs> Which has dust on it from Paris and Minneapolis. Yeah, she took a trunk with her to all those places. She took a trunk to Paris <laughs> for two weeks or however long she was gone for. Uh, I, oh, the drama around, like, oh my gosh, you're going to London, like, for, for, for the, the summer. summer for which the summer. She had just done two summers ago. To Paris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like. Yeah. It, it, it seemed like more drama than would need to be. Yes, if, like, most people approached their parents, they'd be like, oh, that's pretty expensive or those things. But Jim just reacts like, how much is this going to cost me this time? I mean, bottom line, Jim over there gets a little bit old in this episode. In particular, like, when Dylan is trying to pull his money away and um, Jim is like, I fire you. And yeah. I'm like, congratulations, Dick. He's 19. Uh, he's a little emotional about, like, let Dylan... I mean, to a point, eventually you have to say, well, it's Dylan's money. And he was like, do you know how this makes me look? Like, has he never worked a business deal before? Uh, but that's the thing. It's not business with Dylan. And, like, I'm like, Jim, Jesus, you need a little separation of church and state there, Jim. Like, I, I feel like yeah. Jim is not handling himself properly. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, I think we have managed the whole show. to cover the entire all, plot. And also, <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of plots from things that weren't in this, this particular episode. Uh, I will, uh, you know, we've talked for five hours. Yes. But uh, I usually <laughs> like to tell someone to give their 30 seconds of, like, why they should watch this show. What would you tell them? You know, I'd tell you, don't. If you, <laughs> no, if you've never watched Beverly Hills 90210 before, this is not the time to start. Like, you're living your best life. Continue. 
But if you watched it or if you saw parts of it or anything like that, I highly recommend a revisit. Um, and you don't have to watch every episode. It can be on in the background. It's not. It does not require your attention. And then turn it off for good around season seven. No reason to go really past that. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a good revisit if this held any place in your heart when you were a kid. It's, it's definitely yeah. worth a rewatch. Yeah. I, I, you know, like you, I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, I like to go back and watch watch the older episodes. Yeah. It's hard to really watch eight, nine, or ten. Tough. Uh, but Tough. Maybe one day. Maybe yeah. one day I'll maybe one day. give it a shot. Yeah. But it's hard. Um, well, great. Uh, until until next time. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, come back and talk about a show that I actually love for a quality reason. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to Might See TV. I'm Brian Finley, and you can learn more about us by visiting mightctv.com. And if you like today's show, please share with your friends on Facebook. Or heck, just tell someone about it in person. We look forward to you joining us next week.